Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got so confident. In this episode, I Skype with actor, filmmaker, director, and comedian Leilan Bowden. We chat about the importance of having agency, cultivating grit, the benefits of a power pose, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Leilan Bowden. Hey, Leilan. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Rebecca? I'm doing good. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for asking me. Of course. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Do you consider yourself a confident person? Um, short answer, yes. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, is it like on a date, like do you wake up and feel confident? Is it you feel confident in like certain areas of your life and unconfident in others? Or are you pretty much like you're feeling good? Um, you know what's funny is like I when you – first told me about your podcast about confidence I, I took some time to like kind of think about that and what's funny is that like I think I'm a confident person but like that's not really an adjective I use to describe mm, myself okay because I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm one and, and then I'm, but but like I wouldn't describe like my actions or behavior as that of somebody who is not confident so I'm like well what what is it and I think like what I've Feel like I connect to more is that I'm curious and I'm ambitious Ooh. and I think that if you're both of those then like you you can get the same results <laughs> as a confident person yeah I never thought of it like that were you always a curious and ambitious person like as a kid even I was always curious um I I would say as a kid I was pretty shy actually oh really okay uh, Mm, yeah, I was like, I, I liked, I liked people a lot and people liked me. So, so I was very friendly and it was really easy for me to make friends from what I remember. But I was also like kind of a weird kid. Um, and, uh, and, and like, I was also really sensitive. Yeah. And so I, I hated the idea of, of somebody not being my friend. So in elementary school, I went to a really small school, so it wasn't a big problem. And then when I went to middle school, I went to a really big school. First time, like, being at, like, this huge, big um, public school. It was my first time in public school, too. Yeah. And uh, I got really reserved and really, really shy. It's and so interesting because you are one of the many guests who talk about middle school being <laughs> the time where they were, like, and maybe maybe it's not to this extent for you, but the time that their confidence, like, really got depleted was middle school. 100%. Yeah. I, I can't think of a less confident time in my entire life. Yeah. It yeah. is so wild. And did you grow up with, I don't know your family dynamic, with siblings or mom and dad, parents, grandparents? I I, I grew up with all of it. Mm -hmm. Almost any family structure at some point in my life I felt like I grew up with. So, like, when I was, like, first born for, like, like until I was five, it was just me, my mom, and my dad. Mm -hmm. And then my mom um, started inviting her relatives from Taiwan over. And so my grandparents lived with us. And then at certain points in my life, her brothers and their families lived with us too. Okay. So I had, so like in some ways I was like a middle child because I was surrounded by kids. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, were you, were those mostly adult, mostly older than you or mostly younger than you? I was, I was right in the middle. So I had two older cousins and then I had, uh, two and then what became three younger cousins. Okay. And like we all at, at certain points lived in the same house. Like some of my relatives would come over for a year and not. Yeah. So it was like a full house of kids. And then, um, my grandparents passed away and most of the family members moved back to Taiwan and then it was, and then my parents got divorced. And so then it was uh, just like either me and my mom and my brother or my dad, my mom, my, my dad, me and my brother. How old were you when that, when the divorce happened? Um, like 11. Okay. So still like a kid. Yeah. yeah how did yeah. that, how did that shake your confidence going from having like a bunch of kids around all the time and like a, a big, huge family to like not having that anymore? Um, I, I mean, it, I think it makes you more self-conscious because 
the only person left to focus on is you. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never really thought about it in those terms. Like, it just, it, it's, like, you you never know loneliness, I feel like, when you're just, like, with a bunch of kids. Yeah, you know, totally. That are all around your age. And then when, like, they disappear, like, the, you're kind of forced to reckon with yourself. Yeah, and I always wonder, like, any event that happens in childhood's like, you know, such, such a formative and big event. That's something that I've loved talking about on this podcast, talking to people about their childhoods, because they usually have like an event that sort of defines them as a kid that evolved into, that helped them evolve into the adult that they are today. Even Mm. if it's like a, you know, a huge trauma or something that might not seem big to other people, but did seem big to this particular person. Um, and so it sounds like going from a house full of people to having, you know, having more alone time, would you say? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I had my little brother, but we're eight years apart. Right. Um, so it's not like a, at that point it wasn't like having a peer. Right. And a lot of people have spoken about like how independence has really helped them with confidence. So I'm curious how that affected you during that time. I mean, you're still pretty young being 11. Um, but did you feel more independent at that point? Or did you just feel a little more isolated? Or maybe you didn't feel any of that at all? Maybe it didn't register? Wow, that's a really good um, point. Because like, I think like, yeah, I would say that like, in middle school, that whole time, my parents divorced, like my my grandparents passing. Like, I, I think that was all really hard for That's me. That's so hard, especially um, during that time in middle school, the shittiest time in everybody's lives. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, but I didn't, you, you know, you, you don't know what's how you're changing in the present moment. You only know how you changed after. Right. And I, I at the time, I felt like just so out of control, yeah. just so like, um, so uncool, so upset, so alone. But I really think all of that helped me, like you were saying, like with independence and, um, like just kind of being forced to rise to the occasion being like, okay, like, uh, I'm, I might not have the, uh, advantage of having a parent listen to me when I have a problem because there's not really time, Yeah, you know? Um, and like also, uh, like single parents, like in single parent families, a lot of times, like the older kid takes a part in helping raise the younger right. kid. You know? um, and, and so like all of those things, I think, helped like define me and inform me and made me capable of things um, that uh, I don't think I even was aware that I was capable of. So in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a mess. But I think that like behind the scenes, I'm growing into a really capable person. Yeah. Do you, but I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Everything is, is in hindsight. Um, do you, so you feel like you kind of took on a more, um, parent like role being eight years older than your younger brother and having to do some more like adult duties? Yeah. I, I mean, my parents were not negligent right. but when, but they were both single parents at that point and it's hard yeah. to keep a job and a family and, stuff like that. And, um, and like my, my mom is, uh, English is her second language. And so like when it came to like reading bedtime stories, um, when we were a family unit, that was, that was what my dad did. And so when they split up, that was like, then what I did for my brother. Yeah. So you would say like having responsibilities as a kid helped you gain confidence. Is that what I'm hearing? I guess in like, uh, like in a, like by proxy, you Mm. know, like, it's not like I I felt confident, but I think that when you're forced, like out of your comfort zone, then you know what you can handle. Yes. So like, in the moment, you might not have felt confident. But looking back on it, you're like, man, if I didn't do those things, I probably wouldn't be as confident as of, of a woman as I am today. Capable. Yeah. Capable. Like I, I, I think it, it's, it's, there's like a step in between, which is like capability. Yeah. And when you know you can do things and when you know you can handle things and when you know how much you can be uncomfortable, then you're not afraid of as many situations. Therefore you seem confident. Yeah. What's that word? I'm not going to be able to think of the word that I'm trying to think of right now, but when you feel like you autonomous, when you feel like mm-hmm. you have control of your own life. What is that? Is it autonomous? Autonomous, Yeah. yeah. Or or having agency? Yeah. Agency. That's what I'm looking for. 
Because um, like when you speak on this, I think about how in my life, I, as a kid, I didn't have a father figure around much. And so I, when he would tell me to do stuff, I would do exactly that because I'm like, love me, love me. And because of that, I didn't really feel like I had agency. I don't know. Like, I didn't know that in the moment. All I knew in the moment is like, it was like, he's saying to do this, I will do this. But now looking back on it, I'm like, I didn't really have the opportunity to develop agency or to even like fail really hard growing up because I always had, I was always trying to please this other, this, you know, this parent figure. And so it's really interesting that I feel like I didn't have a chance to develop agency. And when you're speaking, I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. And that's like, seems like such a building block to become, you know, a capable, confident adult. Yeah. I think that like, it's so hard when, um, I, I think a lot of parents have like the best intentions of raising their kids. And so like, uh, a lot of parents will go into a mode where it's like, I have to tell my kid exactly what to do so they don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But like, I think part of like becoming a stronger person is, um, learning failure, Totally. you know, like it, it, I don't think you do a service to your kid by protecting them from failure because then they're just, they they just become a weak, like, you know, like, uh, it's harder to deal at as an adult, Yeah. you know, absolutely. as you and I know, like, like you don't escape, (laughs) there's no way to sidestep like dealing with the bad stuff. You just like, yeah. you know, we all end up at therapy. Yeah. You know, at some Do you go to therapy? And, mm-hmm, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, like inconsistently, I, um, but like, I, I think it's like so valuable, like going to a gym, you got to cleanse your brain. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So in middle school, you felt like maybe that was the time in your life that you felt least confident. Is that right? Correct. Uh, So how did you like pull it together or how and when did you pull it together? (laughs) Get it together. Get it together, Leilon. Um, Totally. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably sophomore year of high school is when I started to kind of collect my identity again. Um, uh, Things started to get better at freshman year of high school. Really, it's just that middle school area, man. No, dude, you're not alone. Most people have said that on this podcast. (laughs) Um, which I think is so, I honestly, like I thought about it, but I didn't know that it was that widespread that middle, like I, for some reason I was always like, oh, everybody thinks high school is the hardest, but no, that's simply not, not true in terms of who I've talked to. I mean, yeah. In my anecdotal experience, I'll, um, you could you could get me to go to high school again. Yeah. Get me to go to middle school again. Ditto. Um, so what can you attribute that? change freshman sophomore year of high school to uh I pretty distinctly know that's when I got back into acting classes and I joined improv club oh okay is that the so get back so you had done it a little bit before that when I was a child like I even though I was shy I still like wanted to act, you know? And so I, uh, my parents got me involved in like local commercials and stuff like that. Oh, that's rad. Um, so I did that for a little bit until I was 10. Um, just cause we lived in the East Bay and the drive to San Francisco can be taxing. Um, and then, um, when I went to middle school, completely dropped all of that, you know, like, so two years, six, seventh, uh, eighth and ninth com- or seventh, eighth and ninth completely without any type of acting influence at all. No stimuli there. And then, uh, I did a, I did an acting performance for an English class in freshman year of high school. And the teacher was like, why aren't you in the acting program? You know, like clearly you want to do it. Like I didn't ask you to do an acting performance. <laughs> that wasn't the assignment. <laughs> and you, I <laughs> you love that. Did what you wanted That's to like do. also a really good teacher. Um, yeah, I, I was like my high school like just rocked with good teachers oh, and I great. didn't appreciate it until like way later. Yeah. I um, mean, I, I totally get that. Oh, they, they're the best. Um, but, uh, shout out to Castro Valley. Hi. <laughs> um, but, uh, my, my, my teacher was like, you really need to get involved with the drama program. So sophomore year, I just like walked into the drama teacher's uh, classroom and I was like, Hey, my English teacher says I should be here. And she just like nodded and signed me straight into like, like she skipped me a level. 
Yeah. Um, and then um, I found Improv Club that year too. And Improv Club was great. Like I, you could get people to laugh in the moment, you know, and that just felt like so empowering. That's so, so really, incredible. Well, I didn't, yeah, I, my, I didn't, my, um, Oh, a package just arrived at my house. Great. Oh, uh, right. uh, hell yeah. I know what that is. And I'm so excited. Uh, it's come to the point where I'm like, that's what I'm excited about. in quarantine. Oh yeah. Like, oh, there's a package. Um, sorry. Oh, I digress. Gosh, yeah. I didn't have, like, I didn't know what improv was until I was in conservatory theater school in New York. Like I, uh-huh. I like had no idea my school didn't have it. So I think that's so cool. What did you find specifically in theater and improv that helped you develop confidence? Was it just like you loved this art so much or was it like failing and then coming back? Was it, you tell me. Uh, uh-huh. I think it, like that's just what I wanted to do. I was in my zone, yeah. you know, in, so in the just same being way. Yourself. Yeah, like I, I don't know if that would have been the answer for someone else to build confidence. Maybe they would have had to go to art, like, you know, totally. like a visual arts class totally. or um join basketball or something like that, you know, but for me, this was it. Like I just needed to be in a place where people like, like people thought more like me and, or I thought more like them or whatever. And, uh, and, and like doing something that brought me joy. I think joy and confidence are Ooh, also yeah. really closely related. Yeah. And it's, it's nice that you like found what brought you joy at that time. I mean, oh yeah, I, uh, from my experience, I did what I thought was bringing me joy, but it was what other what it, what brought other people joy. It wasn't what brought me joy. Sure, yeah. You know, so it's really cool that you found that so early. I listened to Slipknot. I hated Slipknot. <laughs> it brought others joy, and therefore I thought it would bring me joy. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so you found re refound acting and improv in high school. And then mm -hmm. did you go on to a college program or did you move straight to L.A.? You, I no. did. Okay. Um, I went to UC Irvine. I, I started as an undecided because just it seemed like the it seemed standard that no one would get a theater degree. Why would you do that? And then I lasted a day as an undecided. And I was like, oh, no, I, I want to do theater. It wasn't even about the degree. It was like, this is how I want to spend my time. Yeah. I spend my time with this, all this BS, you know? Yeah. Were your, was your family supportive of that decision? Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I super lucky that like, I, like my, my family is a bunch of like engineering people. Like my, my mom and my dad met in a like computer science class oh, in college. Cool. Like, yeah. Um, and so uh, like kind of the resounding like chorus of every member of my family is like, we don't get it, but we're, we're happy. You're happy. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. That's so nice. So you did a theater program. Did you did you come by any hard times during that or were you pretty much like coasting? Oh, coasting, man. Yeah. It, it, like it, my dream, I mean, the only time that uh, I ran into trouble is if there was any singing involved and that, mm. to, that's true to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I relate to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, like this was, this was my zone. I like had like all my time was spent doing fun things. There was also like a super popular improv group on campus that everybody knew about. I auditioned first quarter. I got in right away. That was a boost, you know, like yeah, when that's you do so the great. things that you, that you like and then you get rewarded for doing something like, then you get more confident, you know, it's a, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. When, if ever, have you experienced a time other than middle school, like in your adult life, that was like really taxing on your confidence, whether it be like an audition or mm -hmm. Harold stuff, or per it could be per like a person, like a relationship. Oh my gosh. All three. Check every box. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Some people <laughs> lean more talking t towards talking about relationship and and how their confidence is affected by that and other people have been talking about career and how their confidence is affected by that and it's so interesting hearing the different opinions on it oh my gosh I mean like that's that's another fun thing too about the trait of confidence is that like 
because you have it doesn't mean you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> it is it is a fluctuating trait, mm-hmm. you know. And like day to day, second to second, I feel like there are some auditions that I think that that I can go on that might scare the boots off of some people. But like I I feel like I'm swimming in water, you know. And then there's other auditions that I go on where I feel like I'm a brand new actor again, and, and I'm just like who 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 did I become? I didn't realize this girl still existed in me, you know, um, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I auditioned for UCB Herald teams eight times before I got on the team. Um, like, (laughs) I mean, that stuff is important for people to know and, and know for themselves because like you said, it took you eight times. Then you were on a Herald team. I don't know the timeline or timeline or whatever, but then you're on this like hit did, Oh my God, it's Disney, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, I was like, it's not Nick, is it? It's Disney. <laughs> oh my God. Um, this like hit Disney comedy show. And yeah, I just think it's important to remember. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for grit. Like um, now that I realized, I, I think I have it. Yeah. Like, Confidence was one of those traits that had to be pointed out to me that I had. Same thing with grit, too. Like, mm-hmm. I never thought I was, like, working the hardest. But then I remember having, like, a wonderful conversation with um, one of uh, my teammates on Rococo. And he was he recommended the book Grit to me. And he, and he was like, I was reminded of you. Uh, and, like, it's fun to be surprised. Yeah. Like, uh, with traits that you didn't know you had. And so now that I know I have it or have had it <laughs> like I'm, I'm just like 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 yeah if if things are if if you feel kind of like overwhelmed and jealous I think the the antidote is to become busier mm. you know like to, to find something that you care about more mm. the, than somebody else is that how you dealt with um Harold auditions yeah I mean I was thinking about my like my first years in LA yesterday actually and um I was thinking about like how I I felt like I was gaining no traction and doing nothing at all um and then I was recalling all the things I was involved with so I was working at uh Alcove Cafe I was interning at UCB I was taking classes at Playhouse West Dramatic I was taking UCB classes that I could pay for with my internship at UCB. I was doing extra work. I was going to people's like plays, awful plays and, and maybe good plays as well. Yeah. Cause you were all trying to support each other. Right. And like, I'm on practice groups and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I was busier then than I am now. And I feel like, well, I mean, pre pre coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. Um, like now is a little different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like, uh, but, but I didn't even real, I didn't have time to pity myself because I felt like I was supposed to be doing all those things, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I, I think that was like kind of the key to not getting so frustrated that I wasn't going anywhere. It's like, I just have to keep taking on these projects right? and then kind of like picking away at a dam. Like I, it was like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I feel like once it started to crack, I was finally on people's radar. I was like, but like, like benefit happened to me. It felt like almost no way. It didn't feel like a, a gentle uptick of like, I made a choice and it paid out for me. Now I made another choice paid out for me. Like that didn't, that wasn't my path. It was years of never making a cent off of that. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a note, like a note to perseverance and grit. Um, now I'm working on taking it more easy on myself because sometimes I think I like squeeze myself to a point that's like not productive. Yeah, absolutely. Past the bell curve. How did working on Andy Mac affect your confidence? Mm. Uh, that's a good question. I think it helped it, you know, because it, it helped it like for auditions after being like, oh, I've done this. Yeah, just the the benefit of experience, mm. what that can have on confidence is just enormous. But also I will say, like, I did get a little like on my heels because 
for the first time since middle school, I was spending every day with middle school. Oh, right. <laughs> so like, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to be on my toes and I have to look cool. <laughs> That is so, oh, I didn't like, even think about that. Fears and insecurities like that came back in strange ways where I'm like, why am I, why am I letting this affect me? Or like just wanting to, just wanting to like wear clothes that like, that the kids might think were cool. Like all these feelings that I did not care about for years. So I was like, why do I care about this now? That's so interesting. So what did, how did you deal with that? Like, did you sit with it, with that thought and be like well why do I care or how did that like unfold for you I didn't sit with it I just got cranky sometimes and it wasn't others <laughs> I didn't deal with it at all yeah. I was like oh I wish I was wearing a cool jacket right now yeah <laughs> and like now I'm like like eventually I, I like was like you know what I'm not gonna change yeah like, I'm stuck I'm stuck in this body and in my ways but yeah definitely Definitely my confidence was, was tested. Yeah, I was going to say, is there any, like, story or specific moment that you can think of that really tested your confidence during that time? Because it was also, you filmed out of state, not in California, mm -hmm. right? Utah, yeah. Utah, which is also, like, I mean, that's a whole other thing. You just pick up your life and you move to a new state and you don't have the same support system that you used to have. and. That's true. I mean, I like the move and stuff like that. And, and mo I, I will say that, like, most of the time I was happy to be an adult, you know, and not a kid and being like, Ooh, like, I don't, I'm lucky. I don't care about this business anymore. Yeah. But like, it was kind of more of like, a, I mean, what's the, what, what's the non-serious way to say PTSD? Like where you're reminded of something that triggers you and you're like, <gasps> that makes sense. <laughs> you know, that. like, um, yeah. You know, like the thing about middle schoolers is that they're just so, like honest they're not trying to take you down as an adult I can recognize when somebody's trying to take me down like and just let them go on their journey right but like a middle schooler is just like they're at that maturity level that uh you take them seriously but also with that like unfiltered honesty that is hard to hear yeah <laughs> like like uh, I'll be just like going about my business and then one of the kids will be like, can't you choose to wear that jacket today? And no. I'll be like, <gasps> that's so interesting. Cause I haven't, I don't even remember the last time I spent time around a middle schooler. So like, I have no idea how I would handle that, but you're right. It's like just unfiltered honesty, not coming yeah. from a negative place necessarily, just unfiltered honesty that hasn't been really touched by the real world yet. Yeah. So, so it's just like, you know, like, oh, um, that's how you're saying that lot, you know, like, yeah. just something that's just a genuine question of curiosity, which like, just, that's triggering. Is, yeah, <laughs> that's really triggering. How, how, I don't know how I would deal with that. How did you like, like I said, I was really cranky and I regressed into a middle schooler. Yeah, I was but like, I don't care. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but now you you seem like you've worked through it since then. I mean, it, I have also the benefit of age mm. that, that, like that's, I mean, I will never win if I go toe to toe with a middle schooler in confidence, but I can win, um, in the battle of being grounded, mm. like where I, I, I remember how intense I thought of the present moment in middle school and high school. And it's nice to be able to have the benefit of perspective mm. perspective, and just be like, Oh, they're in a fit right now, but I know this is going to pass. And when you're that age, you don't know that feeling feels like it's going to last for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know? It really does. And so, and, and also I think my, my weirdness and my quirkiness also kind of defined who I am. So like some days it would shake me, but most of the time I was like, I'm weird. <laughs> like I choose to wear weird jackets. You know this about me. Like, so that's another thing about, um, that that's, I think is connected. That's something I had to learn over time is you teach people how you want to be treated. Oh, that's it. That's, that is important. So like it, I wouldn't, I couldn't ever win if I was trying to 
be impressive with fashion. I will never with that. But if people know me as somebody who's just like, she doesn't really care, yeah. then then it makes me feel good about my choices. Yeah. Even if they're not the most fashionable or even if they're um, kind of like odd or out of trend, like people, people understand me to be this person. That's so interesting. I never thought of it like that. Um, so when you came back, because you were at, you were in Utah for year years, no? About two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. And so when you came back, and I I don't know because I don't know the trajectory of what happened after that, but I'm assuming you came back and went back into the swing of how things were before. Like, had anything changed, or were you were you working right away when you came back, or did you take no. some time? Yeah, and how and how did that affect you going from working every day for two and a half years? Oh, definitely an adjustment yeah. for sure. I mean, before Andy Mack, um, I was working every day to get a job. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was doing a million different things. Right. And, and you know, and you know how it is. You you pick up a job here, it lasts for a day. A you day, pick up a yep. job next week and it lasts for two days. And right. then you wait, wait like a month and you're like, what am I doing? And then, you know, like it's just lily pad to lily pad. Yeah, I've never worked for two and a half years straight. That's like so rad. It was super surreal to be working on one project. Right, for that long. When I'd been working on many. Um, so I didn't get less busy, but it was a change on how I was busy. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, I got more busy. I feel like as an actor, you're always more busy when you're not working. Oh, for sure. Yeah, your day on set is your day you get to relax. All you have to do is act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to There's do no your hus- You're not hustling. You're not hustling. Um so, uh, yeah, I would say that that was like, like a huge transition. I was moving apartments. Like I literally moved all of my stuff. Um, and, and there's something also like, I think kind of like fun and poetic about like being the star or like one of the series regulars of, um, like the top kid show at the time for years. And then when we wrapped, I drove back to Utah and I was like sleeping in like a guest like bedroom that was filled with storage of, of my friend and her husband at the time. Like, and, yeah. and just like no, nothing, I owned nothing. Yeah. And I was sleeping amongst somebody else's stuff, like yeah. with boxes of my own and being like, oh, this feels like a restart. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like from owning, from like having my own place like in Utah and even before Andy Mac to sharing a, a, a room or a portion of a room. Yeah. How did that, how did that affect your confidence or maybe it didn't? I mean, it, it didn't make, it's so interesting because I feel like I've been a hustler for longer than I've been a working actor. Um, so in some ways it felt familiar yeah, like it, it. I don't think. I think it would have been devastating if I had been like a kid actor for life, and like the, I had known more of the world of like being on set than off. Right. Um. But honestly, I, it felt more fish out of water to be on set with my own place. Right. You know, yeah. that's like that, those. Those are the things that took some getting used to. Things where I'm like going on red carpets and stuff like that. Yeah, like, is wow, that, what's that, really I mean, what's that process like being, is that nerve wracking? Like being now all of a sudden you're on set every day and there's a whole team of people that are relying on you. Um, and then having red carpets or events or, or things like that, that you might not necessarily be used to like that you're used to. How did that affect your psyche? By the time I got on Andy Mac, I, I truly felt ready. Yeah. I mean, think about it like uh, like this. I'd been like, I'd been, I, I started acting about 10 years ago, you know, like like in L.A. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so like 10 years, I think, of putting in whatever I'm putting in. Um, so the experience of being on Andy Mac, like I, I feel almost really lucky too that it didn't come any sooner, because even though I had never had that experience before, I was able to just, it felt so natural and at home, because I had ran through, 
I troubleshot like every scenario of being on set. Totally. Prior <laughs> to that. that. Yeah. Um, red carpets though, like were so, I mean, I'm still not used to them, I think, you know, and I went on a lot of events and stuff like that, but the idea of getting, get, getting dressed up, trying to figure out what to wear, um, how should makeup look? Do you hire somebody? Do yeah. you hire a stylist? Yeah. Do you, um, do did you, not, you, did you hire a stylist or a makeup artist or what did you end up doing? Sometimes, sometimes I didn't. Yeah. It's kind of obvious when I did it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. There's yeah. some choices that I'm like, there's some Getty images that I'm like, hmm, I was, I was not a successful, I was not successful. <laughs> <laughs> but was that process scary for you then? Um, like, I want to say no, just because, I mean, as an actor, you can't get enough attention. <laughs> yeah. um, like, and, and I mean, it's not like I was doing anything hard. It's right. just like, standing and smiling and yeah, I but that's really still intim- that's intimidating especially you know that's intimidating for anybody unless you're like a f- and maybe even for these people unless you're like a fashion model who gets photographed all the time just because you like you're an actor who likes attention doesn't necessarily mean you're comfortable in a red carpet or event setting you know that's true um I, like honestly I thought they were so fun like I think part of confidence also kind of goes um, can be connected to like a naivete, yeah. <laughs> you know, where it's just like, wow, this is fun. Like all the, all the feelings that I had were like retroactive. They were uh, like, like I would look at the pictures. I was like, Oh, okay. I see why that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then I would feel self-conscious. Oh, I see. You know? I see. That's but like amazing. at the time it's just like, wow, this is what an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> this is so much fun. Yeah, totally. So what do you do? in your day-to-day life that helps you with confidence? Like whether it's, you mentioned a little bit about exercise, I think, whether it's like that, or is there anything that you do to help you on a day-to-day basis or maybe like before auditions or anything like that? Hmm. Um, I don't know the science behind this, but I did read a, like a pop, like pop science article about, um, like standing in a certain position. Wait, I love this so much already. Okay. <laughs> so it's called a power pose. If you like stand outstretched. Yeah. Like for like 20 seconds or something like that, then like there's, I, I've read like conflicting accounts, but like I read about like a soft study of where they had people do a power pose before going into an interview and like compared it to a, a control group of people who didn't and people who did the power pose like did better. I I can't vouch for it, but I kind of love it. Like, it's, and for me, it's become like a, a ritual. Yeah. You do that before auditions? Yeah, like in the elevator, I like to stand with my arms above my head. I love this um, so much. Or I'll stand like Wonder Woman style with like my fists on my hips. And I, I yeah, that, that elevator ride up when you got an audition in the elevator is like so special to me because like, like a, a lot of times too, there's a mirror on the ceiling in elevators. And so I can look up and see myself and just like spending some time in that elevator being weird and fun. I think helps me remember that's who I am when yeah. I'm in the, you know, I like, like the, the audition room will make you stiffen up for a lot of reasons, totally. you know? Um, but like you get a moment to yourself being like, they can't take away how weird I am in this elevator, you know, yeah. like, there's something powerful about that. And I think that there's such a mind body connection that I feel like sometimes we overlook. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with confidence. Like, I, I have I have begun to be very interested in the physical body as opposed to just like like the mental. Um, like in therapy sessions now, I'll do with my therapist what's called authentic movement, where it's just essentially like moving your body in ways that you want to move your body in. And mm. it's very, very simple. Um, but at the end of it, I feel more in my body. I feel, and I feel more confident. And it kind of reminded me of this power pose of just like moving your body in a way that feels fulfilling to you. Yeah. Like, I I mean, even if the science is bunk on that, it works for me. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, did you take movement in college? Like any movement classes in college? I did. And I did too. And I remember how, 
in the beginning, I was like, this is stupid. This isn't going to do anything. And then after being like, oh, wait, like, I love this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, just because it's simple, I think that when something is simple, it gets overlooked a lot. Yes. Like, we never think that we have to take classes on how to breathe. Totally. Or we never think that we have to, like, like anything or, or how to um, – yeah, I'll just go with breathe. That's yeah. the best one. Or like even uh, like meditating, like how to sit in silence. Yes. Yeah. Like we think, oh, that's so easy. So we don't need to be coached on that or we don't need to make time for it. Right. We don't need to practice it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I, I'm also reminded of, um, I watched this lecture on um, like uh, how body posture affects neurology in this series called The Great Courses that is online. Um, you have to get a subscription to it. Um, but like uh, this lecturer um, who's like an expert in this subject was talking about a study where they had people watch cartoons and they had one sample group watch uh, cartoons with like a pencil in their mouth. Okay. Like that. Um, so their mouth was like in like forced in a smile. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so they're biting a pencil and the group who watched the cartoons with a pencil in their mouth found the material more humorous oh, man. Um, than the people who did it. And so there, I think there, there are a lot of like studies here and there that show that like show a correlation between the outside affecting the inside. Yeah, totally. It's like, it also reminds me of almost like a fake it fake it till you make it mentality it's not really that but like if your body is positioned in a certain way whether that's a power pose or a smile with a pencil in between your mouth like you're I don't want to say tricking your brain into taking on that that physicality in a mental way but like you are influencing it yeah. um which I think yeah. is very cool oh yeah yeah. How did, how did, cause after Andy Mack, you got into more directing, correct? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, both in, in a narrative sense and commercially, um, did you feel as confident with that as you do with acting? Cause I, I'm assuming that was more of a new skill set for you or have yeah. you had been directing for a while? No. Um, I mean, I directed funnier die videos with my writing partner Wilder, yeah. like, um, but, uh, but like outside of that, not really. Um, I am so like delighted to say that, uh, I felt so at home. I love that. Doing, I did. It was a new skill and it was a lot of learning, especially commercially because they feel like you've worked and you, I'm sure you've worked with a lot of commercial directors as an actor as well, but coming mm -hmm. off of, um, you know, a narrative show, you worked with a lot of directors for that type of scripted television, but maybe not so much the commercial aspect of it where you have like, there's uh, an agency, there's like an ad person um, that you have to work with. Mm -hmm. So I find that, I find that interesting that like you just felt so at home in such yeah, a, I, yeah, in such a new scenario. I think, um, yeah, like I, 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 can't remember a time during like directing commercials and stuff like that where I felt like nervous. Okay. Um, but I think that goes into preparedness too. Like, like in the same way, say if you're starting like a, a recipe and you've never done this recipe before, like you're not nervous. You, you just know that you just haven't done it before. Like same thing here, but cause you know, you can like, you might be nervous if you know that you have trouble measuring. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. But I think that's what it was like for me. So like I knew I knew how to follow recipes. Mm -hmm. But like when it comes to act, like the world of like storytelling and and creating stuff on set, it's just that I had never followed this recipe. Right. Um. But I felt like the experience that I be had before. I think I might have been nervous had I only had experience in like the acting realm. But because like I was able to um, create my own videos. Like Wilder and I have created so many videos on our own, so mm -hmm. we know what it's like to. Um, adjust shots and, uh, and like cast people and, you know, like, and what makes for like, what, what, what things you want to think about for casting and stuff like that. Yeah. So, because I, I feel like I had all the elements in certain places here and there. And I really, um, really, and, and I had made so much material on my own, even though I had never been a director for a company, I felt like, Oh, I can totally do this. 
And when you, when there, when you, when you came up across having questions on stuff that you didn't know, how did you handle that? Um, either I stayed really quiet on the conference call, yeah. um, and hoped that it, it would be answered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but something that I've had to learn over years that has helped me is to have the confidence to say, what is, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I understand it. And I think what helps me with asking that question is remembering that I'm a smart, intuitive person. I'm thoughtful. I do my research. I take a second when I don't know something to, to see if I can figure it out on my own. Um, like, cause I don't want to be lazy. Right. Um, and then if I don't, or if I, I fear that me not knowing is going to affect the product down the line, yeah. then I ask and I, I trust that people know that I'm smart. Um, and I, and I trust that when I ask people will know that it's a valid question. Yeah. That's really important. So like using your voice. Yeah. Like and it's, I mean, otherwise you'll totally, you'll totally bone yourself. Yeah, it's, totally. Like, you just keep it quiet. Like you have to, yeah, part, part, confidence is developed like in some ways through, like real confidence is developed through vulnerability. Mm. I don't think you can really be truly confident. Like if you're, I, I, like you, you have to know what danger feels like. Mm. That's huge. You have to know what discomfort feels like. Yeah, you have to put yourself in situations that you're not comfortable in or you have to sort of like face that head on. Even when it comes to like asking questions, that's a vulnerable moment of being like on a conference call and asking a question to, you know, uh, what I'm assuming is like a call full of dudes um, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's, we got some ladies. Yeah. Ladies. Actually, yeah. I, I will say I felt so pleased. I was, the majority of, um, the crew heads on these commercials were female. Oh, that is so awesome. I mean, it's so, it's so hard to even explain it, but like sets are different when there are more women. And when I say more, all I mean is equal amounts, but also, even if there's more than that, but like they feel so different and people don't, people don't understand that. Um, I 100% agree. It's not something that I can like pinpoint like, uh, with like tactile moments, but it just like the shoot days flowed so nicely. I love that. Yeah. It just is like a more, to me, it just feels more like I'm going to use the word nurturing, but like, that's how I, that's truly how I feel. I feel like it's more like, you're taking your time. You're like making sure everyone's comfortable. And, and that, in my opinion, creates like a better product than being like, we got to move fast. We don't have time for this or whatever. Not, not to say that's what every, you know, male set feels like. Study support that too. I'm citing a book from the nineties, but in emotional intelligence, I think this book uh, talks about how like um, teams like, like rocket science teams are formed and it's not the, smartest people on a team that do the best job it's the people who work together who do the best job yeah do you feel like do you feel like you get confidence in a team environment more or being on your own more oh team yeah team 100 percent. yeah okay like if people are saying lelon you're doing great that makes me feel good yeah yeah that means i don't have to say it yeah Yeah. (laughs) that takes a lot more work for me I love that so much. Okay. I'm going to go through and read Lelon's list for confidence. This is what I've written down um, throughout the course of our conversation. Okay. Here we go. Be curious. Be ambitious. Persevere through traumas. Independence. Capability. Having agency. Learning failure. Therapy. Being around a like-minded community. Having joy. Having grit. Busy yourself with things that you love. Get experience. Have perspective. Power pose. Ritual. <laughs> be prepared. Use your voice and be vulnerable. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of your list? Wow. <laughs> I feel like there's so many things. I know. It's a whole page. <laughs> I hope it doesn't feel overwhelming. No. I no, hope no. like no one looks at that and is like, Oh, I'm never going to get through this. No, no, no. I think, I think what I'm going to end up doing is like, because there's some that occur on 
pretty much everybody's lists. So I think I'm going to oh, pull, yeah. I think I'm going to pull those and make like a concise list of like the top, you know, whatever, oh, like, five, yeah, five like things. How, give each person like the, the, their own confidence personality. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much again for doing this with me. Um, I think the one thing that like, I love talking, I mean, I love talking about all of it, but one thing that I learned that I hadn't thought of is this power pose concept. Um, I'm just so excited to add that into my daily life. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to share this like fun, silly thing that I do for myself, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah, and I've kind of built upon that as well. Like, so I'll do a power pose, but then yeah, the other stuff like looking in the mirror and um, making faces or doing like a stupid posture sometimes. Like sometimes I'll like put my hands on my hips and just like do a couple of like weird tea, like I'm a little teapot squats in the elevator. I love like, that. Like reclaiming that elevator for me before I go in and do whatever someone else wants. Me yeah. To do. It's, it's like a very, I've talked about this in a couple other of my episodes, but like I have a friend who before she um, before she has an audition, she'll sit in her car and just say like, let this be for me. And I feel oh, like, nice. and I love it. And I feel like this is like a physical version of that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. The, the physical manifestation yes. of like, let this be for me. Yeah. And I love that. So I'm really excited to incorporate that in, in my life. There's one more thing. Um, I thought of that. I thought is so relevant to this podcast. Yeah. Um, and it's the, at the end of the audition, something that I like try to remember. Ooh, tell me. Um, and it's the idea being, uh, at the end of audition, you always say thank you, right? Um, they say thank you and you say thank you, or that's what I do. Yeah. Um, but I try to always keep in my head the idea of when I say thank you, I'm actually saying you're welcome. Because mm. I'm giving them something that they could use. Yeah. I love that's, that. That's how I always want to go. Like, that's how I always like to approach my auditions. Instead of, instead of being like putting gratefulness for the opportunity at the forefront, which I am. Yeah. Um, putting the idea that I am, I'm here to give a gift and it's up to them if they want to accept it, if, if it's the right thing, but you're welcome. I've, I've given you something. As opposed to being like, you know, thanks for, thanks for making time in your schedule for me. It's just like, you're welcome for me giving you this art today. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Like, let, let me know. Call my agent if you can use this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. You know? I, I'm not brave enough to say you're welcome and then just leave. That would be, um, s- you're welcome. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I try to have that in my energy when I thank you. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, well, it's been an absolute treat and a pleasure to have you. So much fun. Thank you so much again for interviewing me. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence, whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through. Leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again.